I think it was the coffee, man. We need to have the coffee because that got the us. Coffee that got was us going. essential. I mean, this is a fucking coffee podcast. We need the coffee. Let's not make that mistake <laughs> again, damn it. We sounded like we're asleep on the first one. So yeah. Well, this one's interesting. Uh, what do you think about that? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that's good. It's a good format now. You've got and then, you know, I like this, like this section. I'm gonna just do it again. This will be the bullshit. <laughs> I like that you literally label it bullshit. Bullshit segment. Well, that's what it is. We're bullshitting. And it it you know, it goes along well with our explicit we have explicit, you know, a parental advisory on our podcast, so it's good that we have some bullshit. Yeah. Big yeah. E on there. Big red E. Yeah, Watch I out. That. Like back in the day when you actually bought CDs and they had like the parental advisory. <laughs> Maybe I should put that put on that our on album, art. album art, dude. That'd be fucking cool. Yeah, I want you to update that tonight, please, before you go to bed. That'd be good. I'll uh, do that. Yeah, explicit lyrics. Keep your kids away, unless you don't care about that. espresso well now i'm out of cafe but i'm out of coffee too fuck man we didn't even make it. <laughs> we didn't even make it to the actual recording and i ran out of my fucking coffee uh do you have some more cold brew that you can refill real quick like yeah we should probably do that real quick i'll i'll, I'll hang i got my water but yeah go fill it up sure yeah that sounds good what do you want to follow up on do you have anything pressing you want to talk about well i mean the first thing was just talking about editing the show um and the experience of doing that it was pretty interesting to to go through it. It took a lot more time than I anticipated, uh, partially because the show was really long. We did, uh, but long. a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, we were. What were we at? An hour twenty five or something like that. I think for the last show. Yeah, yeah. We won't be doing that every week. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I wouldn't listen to it for if it was an hour and a half. Oh yeah, I had a hard time listening to it. <laughs> so the thing that became pretty obvious is just. And part of the reason that we wanted to do this for both of us, I think, was to try and speak more clearly and effectively. And we had a lot of these instances where we would use um or uh, what, what did we say? You know what I mean? Or, you know, or something to that effect. I can't remember the exact word that yeah. we used, but we both did it yes. uh, many, 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 many times. And it took me a long time to <laughs> edit a lot of those out. Very bad. We will we'll fix that. <laughs> But I was telling you today, it was pretty interesting as I was even talking to people at the office. It's amazing how more cognizant I am of what it is that I'm saying, even not on the mic. Yep. Same thing. It's pretty cool. It, who knows where where this will go, if it'll even go anywhere. But if nothing else, it's it's been pretty cool just to make some improvements, you know, to acknowledge things that I wasn't paying attention to before, things in my speech, the way I was maybe speaking too fast, saying, um, blah, 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 like stalling a lot. Yeah. I noticed in stand up today, I noticed myself, I was aware of it because not only me, but listening to everybody else, a lot of people speaking at the stand up were doing that. Uh, that's uh, interesting. I hadn't even considered other people. I guess I was more yeah. focused on myself. Yeah. I was paying attention what I wanted to what I wanted to say, but I was noticing when people were going before me that 
people were almost caught off guard because you don't know who's going next. We didn't have a certain order of who was going to go. And, people, you know, Brian was just calling people out one at a time at random, it seemed. And so <laughs> people that got called weren't expecting to be called and then were kind of stumbling around at first. And then once they got going, it was fine. So, yeah, after they figure out how to unmute because they're not ready for it. Yeah, that too. We still, that's, that's the art <laughs> thing. It's like, yeah, it, it's still, yeah is not very smooth transition to this online stand-up thing because yeah, there's the unmute thing. And then it's like, Oh, can you hear me? It's like, we just have to get to a point yep. where it's like you're unmuted and you don't have to ask if you're audible, just start talking, get in there. Yep. And if our plugin for teams would, would deliver the actual report on an, on a half hour basis, which is what we need, it, that would help out a lot. Cause we could follow that as a diagram, but right. Yeah people on track too i did file a bug ticket for that and they did acknowledge it but Good. i've heard nothing since so yeah it'll sit there for a while so the only other piece of follow-up that i had was the show length which we kind of talked about or touched on earlier the previous or the first show yeah if you will was an hour and 20 minutes which was really Damn. really long and it <laughs> took us off guard even as we were sitting here talking so what do we want to do i don't even know you know are we trying to you know, that was the word that, that we said a lot, you and know. I just said it. Yeah. Get out the you know jar, man. We're going to put a buck right. in there. Oh, fuck. I'm screwed. <laughs> It'll pay for our coffee habit. There you go. I actually, I, I have a coffee habit, but I'm a little concerned that I also have another habit, which is my half and half habit. So I bought a quart of half and half on Sunday, and I'm running low. Like, I'm worried that I'm not going to make it. <laughs> I go shopping on Sundays. I'm worried I'm not going to make it until Sunday with the rest of the half and half that's in the fridge, man. That's I'm like, with you on that. I uh, <laughs> At the office with the new espresso machine that we have, I make a shot of that and yeah. I more or less make an Americano and then put, put I don't know, maybe one to two tablespoons of half and half in that. And it's like the most creamy, beautiful drink ever. It's really good. It's It's better than dessert for me. It is dessert. I don't know. I like it. It's really good. It could be Hell a yeah. problem though. Anyway, show length. I think we should cut it back. I mean, an hour 27 was really long. We we thought maybe in the initial run that we would get two episodes out of it. I think we just decided, no, we'll just make one, get it out there, and then refine, refine as we go. So I think it was a good call. So Yeah, I think we want to shoot for, what, 30 to 40 minutes? Yeah, I think 30 would be good. We'll see how this one goes today. But yeah, if it goes a little over, that's fine. Well, one other uh, reflection or uh, correction, rather, I wanted to quick mention was in the previous episode, we kept talking about the iPhone X, which is a misspeak. It is the iPhone 10, not the iPhone X. So I just wanted to make that correction. Uh, it's something that I need to kind of in my mind rectify and, and quit saying X because it's easy to do. But yes, it is the 10. What is it about skipping over nine? Like Windows... There was no Windows 9 either. It was, you know, Windows, I don't know. I guess there wasn't. What, what were the Interesting. Numbers? So is there like a significance to 9 that is like a bad omen or a bad, you know? I think there's just a lot of anticipation for 10, you know? It's a big it's a big milestone to have like the 10th version or the 10th release. It's like nobody gives a shit about the 9th release. So you get sure. a little closer. You get Windows 7, Windows 8. I mean, it wasn't called Windows. Well, yeah, Windows 8. What would it have been? They skipped eight too, didn't they? Was there really? Was there ever a code? I think there was an eight. I feel like there was an eight. I don't think so. I think we're making that up right now. Yeah, <laughs> seven, Windows Vista, 
Windows 8.1 Disk Image ISO. I've got it right here. Oh, there's the Wikipedia. Okay, yeah, that's right. I, I blocked Windows 8 out in my mind because Windows 8 sucked. Is what That's when they got rid of... That was the big transition oh. from start menu to that tile that's shit. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that pissed a lot of people um, off for sure. Yeah, so I forgot about Windows 8. So they did have one, but then there was no Windows 9. They just said, you know, Windows 8 sucked so bad, we're just going to go to Windows 10. We're going to skip two versions and make it really good. <laughs> That's Maybe that was for them just to indicate that they had a lot of progress, you know. Yeah, they made a lot of, uh, you know, they covered a lot of ground in the short amount of time there. But, not, you know, the same thing with the iPhones. You have got iPhone 8 and iPhone 10. Maybe one day we'll find some iPhone nines buried out in the desert somewhere that <laughs> yeah, or yeah, left in a bar someplace. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Well, that's cool. So it's the iPhone 10. Uh, any other uh, follow-up that you had? No, I don't have a lot of follow-up. I thought it was a good first effort. I hope that we didn't bore too many people with it. You know, if any, anybody that is listening, I know I'm going to um, share the link with some people soon and put it out in social media. But no, I think we're still trying to figure out what it's going to be like. So definitely want feedback if people have feedback or other people listening have had more extensive podcast experience that could shed some light on this whole process. I think we're just doing it to, you know, we have multiple reasons for doing it. But one reason is just to get more comfortable with doing it. But but this is new. So I think we're looking for any kind of tips and tricks or anything like that that people can offer. And hey, if you uh if you want to join us on the show, Ooh. you know, we're open to we're open to that too. Hey, why not? Let's do it. So I want to talk about and maybe this is something that can stick around if there's enough of them out there, but I want to talk about some cool products cuz we kind of did that last time we talked about some gear, our new gear, the you know, I got the new microphone, you have some stuff we kind of touched on. But there's a couple other things that came to mind that I wanted to talk about. And um, the first one is is very apropos to our podcast here. It's um, a new product. It isn't released yet. It's still beta kind of in manufacturing. I don't even know what stage of manufacturing it's in. I ordered this thing last December. And at last update, I might get it in January. So it's kind of like one of those Kickstarter deals that you just have to wait as they try to figure things out and hope that it goes through. This one has a pretty good, I, I feel pretty confident this is going to go through. It's a coffee maker, Spin Coffee. Spin, www.spinspinn.com. Wasn't this a, a kick, uh, yeah, sorry, you mentioned earlier this is a Kickstarter, yeah? I don't know if they were on Kickstarter or not, but it's a similar type thing. I mean, they were raising funds somewhere. I don't even know how I found it because it was so long ago, but... Um, it's just a, on Facebook. It was just everywhere. Yeah, that's probably what it was. They were doing a ton of Facebook marketing. I think that's where I found it was an ad on Facebook. They got me. There was like a f few months there this spring last winter where there was just tons of cool shit that I ended up buying on face off of Facebook ads. And this was one of them. Um, but it's the spin coffee maker. It's really cool. It's a I mean, it, it looks like a traditional style coffee maker, so it's kind of your round, you know, like your Mr. Coffee kind of a thing, but it's a more contemporary design than that, so it's not really fair to say that, but but it's kind of a sleek, round, minimalist design. It has a bean hopper on top. I mean, it's it's engineered. Some really cool tech went into this, and, um, and it's really meant to be a commercial quality 
in a residential form factor, residential package. So um, it'll do, you know, it has a really fancy burr grinder. It, it uses a centrifuge to get the liquid out of the beans and so uh, to extract the liquid from the beans. And uh, yeah, it can make everything. It can do uh, espresso, Americano, you know, drip, I don't know, whatever. Whatever kind yeah, of and it's a really sleek and kind of sexy looking machine, right? It's it has a very simple design, but it's very elegant. It is. It's really. Cool. I mean, it's a it's a sweet design. It's the coolest looking coffee maker I've seen because a lot of times you want to like even the the Breville that we have at the office, which is great. It takes a lot of real estate. It's a pretty wide box. It's pretty heavy, pretty commercial looking. Yeah, the footprint here is not is not very large. No, no, this is nothing like that at all, and it's a really nice all in one. All the components are really solid, really good components. Um, in fact, part of the delay is just because in the in the manufacturing process, uh, they they went back and made some revisions. They wanted to make it quieter. They wanted to knock the dBs down on the grind or on the spin, and so they did that. Um, and they wanted to adjust the height. I think the original one was a little taller and it wouldn't fit under some cabinets. So this one, it's even more pared down than the original one was. Yeah, it looks like to me, at least from their imagery on the site, it looks like it's probably no bigger than maybe slightly larger than a set, uh, like a roll of paper towels, for instance. Yeah, that's about right. A little bit larger than that maybe, but pretty darn close. I think it's 13 inches think, tall, so it's not very big. I think the thing that was really cool too that I was kind of interested in being kind of a tech nerd is that this thing is also internet connected. So yep. you can control it using Siri, uh, using an app. You could set it up to brew your coffee, you know, in the morning, whenever you want, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. You can set it on a timer or you can just ask Alexa. It does have Alexa integration also. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yep. So you can say, Alexa, make me an Americano. And hopefully you have a cup under the damn thing. Otherwise you're going to have a big fucking mess to clean up. <laughs> Um, yeah, Alexa, but it has a carafe and you can, you can brew it into, uh, kind of has the, what the, uh, double, double walled, uh, espresso shot glass as well, I believe. Yeah. I don't know if it comes with that, that gear. It's just kind of, they have a lot of photos of it on there, but you could, you know, the, the one that they I bought it, sure. does have the, the carafe. I do get the carafe in the one that I bought, but a couple other things that are really cool. So for one, it's, it's really, um, no mess, no waste. So what's really neat about this, a couple things. The centrifuge is so powerful. It actually extracts all the liquid out of the bean. So when, and when it's done, it'll put it into a little, I don't know, a little tray in the back. And you don't have to empty it every time. So maybe weekly or something like that, you can go in. And because there isn't any moisture in there, it won't mold or anything like that. That's the claim. So That's um, cool. You know, you go in once a week, you dump it out, you can go throw it in your, it's organic, you know, compost waste whatever you can go throw it in your garden grow some shit out back um but it's really easy to maintain uh there's also a really cool bean program so they work with uh, local roasters and small guys really cool um bean roasters across the u.s that have signed up for the the platform and so they have a separate app and with the wi-fi integration and all that cool tech it will tell you how many beans you have left and when it's running low uh, you know, it'll remind you, Hey, you're running low. Should we order some more or it'll auto order for you? So they'll do that kind of thing too. You don't have to worry about getting beans. It'll just ship you another bag and then bam, you're ready to go. Uh, and then depending on your flavor profile and all of that, there's different recipes and different, um, you know, the, for each type of bean that you get, 
from from these guys like they'll make recommendations on how to how to get the most out of the flavor with it really cool stuff that's right i remember reading something about that they kind of have yeah a little recipe book or recipe guide that you can kind of choose from and it'll make those things in such a way that that it knows how to roast it correctly effectively yeah yeah they can they can dial in certain settings to make sure that it's being handled the way that they intended it to be and i think this company if i'm not mistaken is from san francisco um so you're uh you're now in the hood with this with yeah this company. yeah i'm gonna start harassing these guys if i don't get an update on when this thing's gonna ship i'm getting tired of waiting <laughs> i think they're pretty close downtown here so i might have to go i was pretty disappointed when you moved moved away, I was really really looking forward to you bringing this in the office and getting a getting a demo. Maybe maybe you can fly it all the way over here. Yeah, I you know I get free bags with Alaska, so I could always check it and bring it over there for. A, <laughs> there you go. Trips, you know. <laughs> Just make some coffee for the uh, stewardess yeah, on the flight. There you go. That'll work fine. We can do that. But yeah, check it out. Spin dot com. S p i n n dot com. Pretty cool. I think considering all that it does, I mean, you could spend. On a really good quality automated burr grinder, you could spend three or four hundred bucks pretty easily. Um, their entry point, the first, you know, their their base model right now is three hundred, and and I think the the three hundred. There's three levels: three hundred, I don't know, four ninety nine, five ninety nine, something like that. So, um, it's a pretty good value considering all the components that go into it and all the things that it does. Pretty cool. Pretty excited to get that one in. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear your feedback on that and and how well it does with extraction and how loud it is and so on and so forth. I think it's a really cool product and I'm and I'm glad that they were able to fund it well enough to actually be able to produce it. Yeah, agreed. Spin coffee, folks, check it out. So, the next product that you brought up or put on the list here was Remarkable Tablet, which I actually thought was really cool that you added this because I recently was able to use one of these and I was ridiculously really? impressed and i had no idea that they existed when did you get your hands on one of these so i think it was over fourth of july we were uh with my wife's aunt and uncle on bainbridge island and we were playing some card games and we needed to keep score and they bring one of these things out and i looked at it and i was like i don't know what the hell this thing is like what is what what is this you know yeah uh and yeah they just started taking down the score just like as if, as if it was a sheet of paper and it worked amazingly well. Like I was, I was blown away at how well this thing works and it, theirs was pretty drop dead simple. It was really just writing on the, on the, um, on the screen there. And then you could click a button and it would pretty much erase the entire screen. That was really the only function that it had. Uh, I could kind of think of it as akin to you. Do you remember like as a kid, you would have these little tablets that you could write on and then if you peeled the screen the paper up it would kind of erase oh yeah i know you're talking yeah, about. that's that's a lot like what i what this reminds me of but it's the precision is actually really really good they the thing that i got really excited about this product is that it was it's by paper people for paper people i mean they're really at the four you know the first thing they talk about is that this is really meant to be a paper product, a digital paper product, but it's not digital first. It's really like paper first in a digital format. So all those things like the sensitivity, um, just the ease of use, the, you know, the responsiveness of it, 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 that's, that was the intent was for it to really be for paper people. And so that, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know for personally what, 
uses I would have beyond, you know, using it as kind of a scratch pad. But I, to be honest with you, I was very, very impressed with the technology. I didn't really realize, you know, even even using iPads or Kindle Fires or any of those type of devices, I've never found one that feels really good when writing. Yeah. However, I have heard that the Surface tablets are pretty good. Um, but this this was a beautiful experience. It felt exactly like writing on paper. There was no issue when you rest your, you know, as you're writing. If, I, For instance, I'm right-handed, so my palm rests usually on the paper ahead of where I'm writing. Right. Uh, that had no effect on it whatsoever. It just kept on writing, and, and it was, yeah, it was great. I loved it. Yeah, they even went so far as to make sure that the, the Surface had enough friction to make it feel like paper. So it's not going to be, you mentioned the Surface, and that's a pretty slick glass screen. Like this is, you know, there was a lot of design and intention around making it feel like the paper writing experience pretty cool yeah i wish i should dig through the products here because i i did when i came back from bainbridge look for one of these because i was curious as to a what they cost and b you know what other products they did have yeah um and what i'm seeing at least on their website right now on the homepage, is some pretty sophisticated looking products where you can probably store things that you're jotting down and all those kinds of things which this product that i used you know did not have anything like that and was much, much more simple. Yeah, this is this is really multi-purpose, reading, writing, and sketching. So similar to the Kindle, I think there's a way that you can upload PDFs or eBooks or that sort of thing. You won't be able to put Kindle books on it because of the whatever DRM that's on there, but other things. You know, I I subscribe to the, the daily paper. I still get it in paper format. I don't know how many people are. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> how old are you, man? Well, it's because I don't have the. I don't have my remarkable yet. It's another product that I bought. You know, I bought into a long time ago, and and they've been refining it. So I'm still waiting for the refine. Oh, so this is another Kickstarter pro- project. Yeah, I don't know if that this one was on Kickstarter or if I found this on Facebook too. It might have been around the same. It was around the same time. I think I bought this. I don't know. So maybe it wasn't the same product that I was using, but it's something very, very, very similar. They did ship the first batch, so it's possible, depending on the timing of this, like that you may have had one in your hand. I know that there's another, there are some other competitive products. I don't know how good they are, how they stand up. I think Sony has one, um, and I thought that Amazon was maybe working towards one. I don't think it's quite the same, but I think in their new, I thought there was a new product announcement that sounded kind of like it was trying to go after these guys, maybe. I don't remember. So this one lists uh, days of battery time, and I I think with the product that I was using, you could you could probably write on that and erase it. I don't even know how many times, probably thousands of times. Wow! And it was running off no more than like a watch battery. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, I I don't know uh, a lot of the details on this one. I I do know that it has a pretty good storage capacity. You can store a hundred thousand documents, so really any kind of notes. I would like to use it for note taking. Hopefully, you know, if it does feel like paper, then it'll be more natural because I've never really got, I've tried using tablets before and they're too clunky and just don't feel right. So I'm hoping that this will be close enough to the real experience of paper that I don't care um, about having a tablet, a paper pad in my hand that I could use this instead and, and not feel like I'm missing out on anything. And you have one of these on order then? Yeah, so I have one on order. This one should ship. I, Based on when I bought mine, it, mine should be shipping sometime in the next few weeks. I think it should be shipping the end of this month, end of October, uh, or sometime in November. 
So I should have it soon when I can give a full report on it. You use a, your tablet, your paper tablet pretty heavily, or at least you were for a while, keeping up on your notes and making daily kind of recordings of you know, what you need to do or what you were doing that day and that sort of thing. So is your intention that you're going to completely switch to this kind of a, a digital format then? That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, that would be ideal. You know, I, I carry my moleskin around. I have a few different moleskin journals depending on what's going on. So I have one that's kind of my bullet journal, which that's a whole other topic we can talk about some other time. Bullet journaling, just a process of like note taking. Pretty cool um, way of, of, of taking notes and to do's and that sort of thing. And so I have a journal for that. I have one for just my reading journal, you know, because um, I wanted to be able to have quick access to all the stuff that I'm reading right now. And, and having that mixed in with my other one was kind of difficult. So, yeah, I have a few different journals floating around. And the idea would be that I could just replace those with this. I, you know, I like the moleskin. I'd still like to hang on to one probably. But if I could have this with me when I'm traveling and be able to rely on that, I like that idea a lot. And the newspaper, I would also take, I have the paper version sent to the house, but I also get the digital version and I could email that daily to this device. And then I'd have a pretty nice form factor for reading the news. I think that'd be a pretty nice way to consume the daily news too. More to come on that. Hopefully I'll have something here in a few weeks to talk about. Speaking of the news. What's in the news? Well, there's the Amazon key. Is in the news. <laughs> I just heard about that. That is a professional transition right there by the way good job no 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 jingles <laughs> required man that was pretty good That's right <laughs> maybe a rim shot maybe i'll have to throw a rim shot in here yeah do it that'd be kind of yeah. fun we're getting a little more sophisticated already and it's just our <laughs> second episode look at you yeah so i've read about this quite a bit or at least heard about it uh the amazon key which is um effectively two products really or it kind of encompasses two products right um there's the camera functionality, which is an Amazon camera. And then the you have to have a compatible locking system, uh, which I think right now there's only two supported. I believe it was... Uh, there's a Yale one. And Yale and Quickset. There yeah. you go. They're not proprietary, so, so that's good. They're already out there. Yeah, exactly. There are already other well-known brands, yep. So the idea here is that the camera you would put uh, at your front door and the delivery person from Amazon would come to the door the camera could pick up the barcode on the package and therefore talk to the lock and open the lock for the delivery person who can then put the package in the door. Yeah. Pretty convenient if you have that ability, um, if, you, if that lock set works for you. I mean, it's pretty universal. I'm in an apartment and I have a kind of a storm door kind of a thing. Um, I don't know how to describe it. It wouldn't work for me, but it's, it's pretty universal. How do you feel about doing something like that on your place? Are, are you <laughs> comfortable enough with that idea? Or I know there's been a lot. Of I have pretty mixed feelings about this, really. I, you know, the technology is actually really cool. I'm I'm really impressed with, you know, the innovative ways that Amazon is coming up to deliver things in a more convenient way. Uh, <laughs> this reminds me a little bit of the idea that came out a, a bit ago where Amazon, I think it was Amazon, would deliver things directly into your car's trunk. Oh, really? I didn't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> if your car was parked on the road or something like that, I, maybe it wasn't Amazon, but there was somebody else that came out with a an idea that you could just deliver the uh, deliver to the car's trunk in some some way. And and although I totally think the convenience is amazing, the creepiness factor of this is is 
above and beyond for me. And I'm not even generally that kind of a person. I, I usually don't care about, you know, Amazon Echo listening or sorry, Amazon Alexa listening to you or, you know, giving your data to other people. Like none of that stuff really bothers me, generally speaking. But this, I feel like, is a little bit of an intrusion. Yeah. More so than the others uh, that I don't know that I'm comfortable with. Yeah. Do you get to turn it on or off? I mean, that's the other thing, too, is like, what if it's, you know, Saturday delivery and you and the missus are (laughs) up to some shenanigans in the living room couch there right next to the front door and the Amazon guy comes in to deliver your package, man. (laughs) I don't know. That's that's an interesting scenario. There's a few there's other things like that. I I thought it'd be kind of cool, actually, to have the technology in like an Amazon locker for your house or something like that. Like if there was a way that they could leave it securely outside that wouldn't get stolen, like you could get a locker or get some kind of thing with the lock and then you could open it up. I think that'd be more comfortable with that than than just opening up the house. I have seen some products similar to that uh, that are kind of Kickstarter-y type projects. Yeah. One was, you know, kind of a pad that you basically it was a big round circle that it would say like put package here and so the delivery person would drop the package on that and it detected the weight so as soon as something would remove the package from that uh, block it would send it it would kick off a really loud alarm Hmm. basically was the way that it was trying to deter theft and then i would assume that the person who owns the, the the product would be able to disarm that prior to picking up the package or something to that effect okay so I know there are products out there that are trying to fix this particular issue, but maybe not in such a invasive way. I might be okay with the drone coming in. I just don't know if I want the delivery guy coming in. I have a rooftop deck, so I'm all for the drone. Drop that shit on my deck and I'm good. You know, that that's interesting. Like That type of development now is pretty commonplace in Seattle because there isn't a lot of you know room to grow, but up. So a lot of the homes that are being built are three or four stories with a rooftop, you could have a little Amazon target up there. They could just drop them off. Maybe that was part of their plan was to influence the housing market to give everybody rooftop access <laughs> for the drones to drop off their packages. So it does say that uh, Amazon is instructing the couriers to ring the bell or knock on the door in addition to scanning the package and, and letting themselves in. Yeah. It does say that in the article. Um it also does say that this is only going to be for Amazon couriers, so third parties will not be able to use the service. Well, this would be a real problem, right, for FedEx or UPS guys, even for Amazon guys, too, when it comes to efficiency, because I, having worked at UPS before, you know, for, for a period of time, that timing is everything. Those, those guys don't have time to scan stuff at your door and knock on the door and wait for it. Like, they, if they could throw it from the car to your porch, they would do that just to save time. So I can't imagine that they would actually wait. That would that would add a significant amount of time to their delivery route if they had to wait for the thing and all that kind of crap. So I don't know. It is interesting, though, from the standpoint of this is another camera that Amazon now has in your home. So now they have, what the hell was the one? The Amazon Look or whatever, the one that you oh, took, yeah. take pictures of yourself in the morning you know, for clothes. And then they have the show. Yep. And they have the new one that they just did that's supposed to be like on your bedside table that's a little like alarm clock. Uh, you know, so they're really getting into the video business. And I'm curious as to what their their aim exactly is with all these video products. Well, the automation space is getting more and more competitive, right? I think that's just another way to get in with the Nest, to compete with Nest and some of those guys 
just having their own hardware. Everybody's got their own ecosystem now. You've got the Goog getting into it with Google Home. I I should have a you know a Home Mini coming soon because I we ordered those two Pixels and they come with free Home Minis. So we'll have we're gonna have surveillance from Google and Amazon now in our home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I have some friends who that really really bothers. And you know, again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist or a you know I'm not a big privacy freak. I'm kind of of the mindset that. If you want to listen on me, that's fine. I guess I, you're going to be really, really freaking bored if you listen to me, I guess. Same thing with like spying on emails or whatever, I, whatever, you know, I don't care. I'm, I'm boring. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like the idea of it, but it hasn't pushed me enough to not use the technology. I find that I really like the convenience of the technology. And even though in the back of my mind, I don't like it, it's not enough to influence me to stop using it. So I, I'm not, I'm not sure if that really logically makes a lot of sense, but that's kind of my position on it i will say the barrier that i still will not overcome or probably ever overcome is in the bedroom and that's something amazon i know is really on the hunt to try and get devices into your bedroom uh but that's something that i don't think christina or i are comfortable with or probably ever will be what about your phone where do you guys put your phones uh phone yeah phones are definitely on the bedside table um you know but they're not on a dock or something where the cameras face forward uh, whereas, you know, these other devices are, you know, leaning in a, in some sort of way or have kind of a, a tilted screen that's always kind of looking off in a direction. So they always have some, a view of something, whereas mm -hmm. the phone, for instance, is either going to be looking straight down at the, at the table or straight up at the ceiling. So the, you know, I'm not as concerned necessarily about that. Yeah. Well, I don't think a lot of people are concerned enough. I think that the numbers speak for themselves. Like these products are very popular and they're, they're growing, you know, that their numbers are, are looking very good. And so I don't know. I think that it's enough to say that there are people that are concerned about it, but I think there's more people that just embrace it and haven't really thought about it or don't consider it a, a real threat. Just, yeah, just scary. I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's a good thing, but that's just kind of the reality that we're in. I think. Yeah, I think intrusions generally are just a problem. I don't I don't know that it's specific to a product, but but just data intrusion overall is just going to become it already is probably the number one business, you know, you have companies like my wife's who that's the only function that they do is to detect data intrusion. Mm -hmm. uh, and these are coming and they have to sift through the just massive data sets like terabytes and terabytes of data yeah. in damn near real time and try and detect intrusions and that's a huge business now. Absolutely. Big data. So in the news, you know, we're talking about cool things in the news. I I noticed a couple things. I wanted to talk about what's going on with Uber right now because, you know, they've they've had a hell of a year, right? I mean, they've gone through some management things and, and all kinds of bullshit over in Uber. And so now I think under the new regime, they're trying to get win back driver support. I think the drivers have felt like they've gotten the shaft for a while um, that it's really, you know, was leaning towards the consumer in a big way, which it has been. Um, but there's a couple things that came out this week that I think are kind of interesting. So one way that they're trying to cater to the driver is that they've announced now that they're going to be introducing fees for long pickups. So if you're in a suburban area, I believe if if you're eight minutes or more away from the Uber driver, then the clock will start ticking 
like after that point like you might get eight minutes or something like that for free and then if you're further away then you're gonna have to pay for that time i think that makes good sense i i, I think they need to make sure that there's some sort of a warning or a notification because i can see this becoming a problem if you are uh, sitting and waiting and, and the Uber driver is maybe sitting in traffic or stuck in some sort of traffic jam or something to that effect. And yeah, you need I to be warned about it. I don't it. know if that's the case. I think, I don't know if it's like if he was downtown Seattle trying to get to you, I don't know if they would assess a fee for that. I think it's more like long haul stuff. Like, Hey, he's, he's going like Denver is a better example. I think like my folks live in the suburbs and so there's not a lot of Ubers down in Littleton, you know, and I think if I wanted one down there, if I could even find one, they're going to spend a significant amount of time getting to me. I think that's when they would assess that. Not so much in traffic. Oh, that'd be interesting to see how they, how they do that, but they could probably do it just like, you know, surge pricing. Like you have to consent to it first. Otherwise you're not going to get the ride. Right. Yeah. It does look like it's more distance based rather than time based. Right. Is what it's, yeah. what it's indicating. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know that I feel that Uber has been anything more than a driving. They're, they've been leaning more and more to their drivers for years. Um, I feel like when Uber came out, it was the darling. It was the darling of the tech world. Um, and the reasoning for that was the drivers had clean cars. It was really efficient, really effective. Could always get a ride. Uh, it was very hassle-free. The whole idea of the of the product was that you had your ride and your tip and everything. It was all cash free. It was all one payment. It was super, super easy. And I feel like they've gone away from that in a, in a huge way. I feel like now it's, it's, they're akin to taxis to me. I'm, I don't feel that they're a quality product anymore personally. Well, I remember the good old days of Uber. We have some stories to tell about that. We don't have time to tell them all the night, but I mean, I, as you know, I was a big fan of Uber back in, when it came out in Seattle in 2012. With the Uber Black service was the only service at the time. And I I took that bad boy a couple of days a week to the office right down the hill. <laughs> I, think I lived in First Hill and I, I took that down to the waterfront, you know, two or three times a week. It was pretty cool. But you're right. And I think it's just because of, of critical mass. When they get to that point where they everybody's using it, it they can't maintain the quality. You had guys in the black car service that were actually making a decent, decent wage. I think it was still a big price cut from, from what it used to be. But, but these were professional guys that, I mean, my guy, well, any of the guys that I had that would pick me up, not only did they know where to go, they didn't need a GPS because they had been driving for 25 years downtown, but they knew what streets to take to make sure that they pulled up on the right side of the street. You know, like my building would be on the north side and so they would take the right streets to make sure that they could pull over on that side of the road and let me out without having to cross traffic anymore you you get like in in an x you're getting a lot of people that don't know how to drive or <laughs> that's not their primary their primary uh what do you want to say like that's just not what they do like this is more of a uh side gig side hustle right and and so you get people now that just have a GPS on their phone and don't really know how to navigate the city or live outside the city and just do it to make a few bucks. And and yeah, I think that's diluted the quality big time. You can still pay for the better quality, but I've even found that using black now isn't the same as it was before. You're not guaranteed to get the guy in the town car. It could still be someone who's more of a average Joe just trying to 
to make some money. Yeah, I feel like they've kind of degraded customer quality to a large degree, but they've increased their driver's quality, which is also good. But, the, you know, the customer quality should be coming along with it. And I think that's a little bit disappointing. Um, well, it's a price issue. Nobody wants to pay for the quality, right? Like that, when you can get an Uber cross town for five bucks, <laughs> I think that's part of the problem too, is that they want to just squeeze out the other competition by lowering price. And so it, it becomes an issue of, hey, we're the cheapest, not necessarily like we're the best. But I haven't had quite the experience I had with cabs. I haven't had people like regularly just not show up or cancel on me. I mean, that was something that with taxis I always had. But it's definitely the quality has been diminished because of the price point, I think. I do have that from time to time. I have drivers that will uh, be on their way to me and they'll be maybe a block away or something like that and then suddenly cancel and I'm just like what the yeah. fuck just happened like why did you do that and then there's no penalty for them but if I cancel you know there's a $5 no show yeah, penalty they've started or something doing for that. me you're right that you used to have a grace period where you could cancel and I think now you get a fee almost right away I don't think you can really Yeah so I feel it. I just feel like they're stacking things against the customer which is unfortunate because they were such a such a tech darling for the longest time and and they've lost that at some point and it's it's, it's it's unfortunate. Well, not all is lost, Kyle. There was another feature in the news that came out today. I saw that they're now offering multi-stop trips, up to three three stops. Uh, so, you know, if you need to stop at the store on your way home and you don't want to have to get two rides, then they can they can wait for you. You can pop in a couple destinations, or if you want to drop somebody off at their house first, which I think is kind of cool. I think mean, that's a good feature. There's been times when I've wanted to do that before, and I maybe ask the guy if he'd be okay with it. That worked better when they just had a running meter, but now that they kind of give you a, a tally, it's a little harder to, to get away with that. So can I be a pessimist here? Because let's be Bring honest, it. Lyft has had this function for almost a year at this I've point. I've never used Lyft. I don't know how that works. What are they, what are they up to these days? I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, they do the same things as Uber. They just do them generally better, I guess, in my experience. Um, what happened to the purple mustache or the pink mustache? Man? I did like the mustache. <laughs> I don't know why they went away from that. I think they're trying to be a little more professional nowadays. Oh, okay. Um, but Lyft does have a lot of functionality that's pretty innovative and pretty cool that they do that Uber just hasn't seemed to be able to compete with. Um, and they're simple things uh, to some degree. Like one of them would be that Lyft, if you are a female and you are requesting a ride, Lyft will try as hard as it can to pa pair you with a female driver. Oh, that's very cool. Uh, for safety. Yeah. Um, Lyft has these pretty kick-ass light systems that you can put in your dash. I don't know if you've seen these. Um, and it just literally, it's kind of like a oval shaped type, uh, device and it says lift, uh, has their logo on it, but it can change color. So it's an led device. And I think there's four different colors. And so when you hail a ride via the app, it gives you a certain color. So let's say you're hailing the ride and it's purple. So when the car arrives, you'll see this purple lift light in the car so that you know that that's your car and that's the one that you're supposed to jump into. Oh, nice. Um, you know, and stuff like this, this, uh, multiple stops, they've had this for, for quite a long time. So again, I, I, although it is a cool feature and I'm, I think it's good that Uber implemented it. I just feel that Uber is falling behind and, and just, I, I, I don't really understand what they're doing in the market. Okay. Well, 
Fair point. I don't have enough experience with the competition. I got in with these guys, like I said, in 2012 when they were the only show in town, and I just never really, yeah, I never switched. Well, you're in San Francisco now. You need to move over to the lift side. Yeah, well, Uber's building a new headquarters in my neighborhood, man. I'm in Mission Bay, and the Warriors are moving in, and Uber's moving in. <laughs> Golden State. All right. Maybe Lyft will come in, too. I don't know. I don't know where they're at down here right now. You don't need to be a ride chair snob. <laughs> it's just easy for me. It's not even that. I don't even <laughs> think they're better. I I know they're probably worse, but I already have the fucking app on my phone and it already works <laughs> and my payments there. It's just, it's one more thing I have to set up. I don't want to do it. Uh, so, you know. I get it. I, I will say I was the same way. I have a friend though that works for Lyft. He's actually one of their, uh, he's pretty high in their engineering team. Yeah. Uh, and he gave us some free kind of dollars one time as like Ooh. a referral. And so I went ahead and did it while we were, I think we were in San Francisco when we did it. Um, and their, their setup process is actually pretty slick. So it's all based on a, um, so when you, when you get on there, you'll put in your phone number basically, and it'll just send you a text with a, with a code. So it's kind of like two factor authentication. Okay. And as soon as you bring in that code, bam, you're on. Um, and you can continue to set it up further and give some more details and so forth. But really all you have to do is install the app, give them your phone number and you're ready to go. Well, that's easy. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. I use them probably more often than I use Uber at this point. I do use Uber off and on, but not, not nearly well, as they often. They do. Uber does a few things to, to keep me enticed too. like, like I, the timing sucks though. So I've been with my travel schedule, I'm traveling a fair amount and like they have 50% off X. Like I'll get promotions for 50% off X. Uh, I just got one like this week, but it's only for this week. So, I mean, I, you know, it was cool for a while there. I actually had the timing working out where I could go to SFO and half off. That was kind of nice. But now like I haven't left, I haven't left my apartment all week. And so it's going to expire and I haven't gone anywhere cool. So I don't know. Well, and you were using some flat rate type thing too, right? I don't think yeah. Lyft has ever implemented anything yeah, quite like that. Yeah, they were experimenting with that. I did that for a few months in Seattle. I haven't seen it lately. They they had flat fares where you could just pay a buy-in fee essentially to say, okay, if I wanted 10 $5 rides, I would pay them 5 bucks for the month for, for the buy-in. And then my next 10 rides would be 5 bucks within a certain area, right? And then if I wanted 20 rides, I'd give them 10 bucks, whatever. They had a few different tiers you could get into. So they did that for a while and that was pretty cool. I say, you know, but that was the, the cheap thing we we're talking about. Like it's hard. Cause I don't know. They're subsidizing pretty heavily, like those rides or the drivers aren't getting shit or both. Um, but that, that was good for a while, but then they switched it to where you could just buy, you could do that, but it had to be a certain fixed start and end point. So like if you took the thing to work every day, then you could buy discounted rides, but it would only apply on that route and, okay. and I don't really use it that way. So it didn't really help me at all. Yeah. So all there right. you go. That's, that's what's in the news. Uber multi-way trips, fees for long pickups, Amazon key, cool stuff. Uber sucks. Hey, I can send <laughs> you guys want to send me some 50% off rides. I'll, I'll take his too. <laughs> Hey, if you want to sponsor the show, I mean, I'll uh, I'll pimp the oh, shit out of you. Oh, there you go. Oh, shit, man. That didn't take much. <laughs> that wasn't much of an arm twist at all there, was it? Let's not uh, keep you from learning React any gotta, longer. 
I gotta react to the times, man. You know, that's what's going on. That's what the, that's what the kids are doing oh. these days. Oh! There's another rim shot. <laughs> right. That's oh, what I'm oh. saying. We gotta encapsulate these moments right here. And you can contact us on Twitter. The show's Twitter is at CoffeeCodeCast. You can reach me at my Twitter at PragmaMike, P-R-A-G-M-A-M-I-K-E. And you can reach Kyle at Kyle P. Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N. If you have a question, ask us at hashtag Ask3C. That's the number three, Ask3C. Code CoffeeCast. Our website is uh, http coffeecodecast.libsyn.com, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Yeah, we'll have to fix that. We'll have to get a domain in there. That's our website right now. And uh, you can subscribe on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and iTunes. Rate us, leave us a comment, send us your feedback. Seriously, we're just happy to have somebody listening over there. So if you have anything to say, let us know. Thanks for listening. Thank you.